Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. In addition to what's listed there, the show is also on the likes of Overcast, Himalaya, Podcoin, Player FM, and more. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Northern Alabama, my guest is a singer-songwriter whose latest single was just released two months ago, following two others that she had put out last November and last August. The latter of those, the song that came out last August, was a finalist in the John Lennon International Songwriters Competition in R&B. She has an EP in the coming months, which we will hear about today, as well as a big-time musician who has been producing her and another highly respected individual who will be doing the mixing. Two of her songs have been included on the Walgreens Store playlist. You've been hearing one of her songs, entitled Ruthless. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Peyton Gilliland. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Peyton. It's good to have you on the show. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Let's start off first by having you tell the listeners all about the song of yours that we were just playing, Ruthless, especially since, unfortunately, I was talking over it so much. <laughs> okay, so Ruthless is a song about, I mean, we all have those exes that did us wrong and we want to just be like, hey, you know what, I could do that too, but you know, you just have to have that courage to be as ruthless as they were. So you're just saying basically, you know what, I could do that too. And you would be in a lot more pain than I am. (laughs) I like that. I like that. So is this from unfortunately a real life experience? Yes, it is. Okay. And so I'm required to ask you, does he know that you wrote the song about him? Yes, of course he does. (laughs) You wanted to make sure he knew, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, we'll just leave it at that. Peyton, bear with me a minute here while I get up on my soapbox. Listeners, I'm going to publicly admit that I made a mistake. Early this year, I interviewed someone who was 17 years old, and we decided not to mention it throughout the entire episode. We had decided that before we pressed record. But you know what? Here on this episode is Peyton, and she's only 16 years old, and I do want to mention it this time because you heard all those highlights of hers that I mentioned in the intro, and she's only 16. And I decided that there are a lot of really talented guys and girls out there who are 16 or even younger these days that are really commanding attention. You see some of them on shows like American Idol or The Voice, for example. And here's the difference with Peyton. A lot of you listeners are going to think, hmm, well... He ought to have my son, my daughter, niece, nephew, next-door neighbor, whatever, on the show. And he or she is only 15 or 14, and he or she is terrific. And to that I say, maybe they are. But what are they doing? Singing in performances at school and at all your family gatherings? Because here's Peyton, 16 years old, and she's making a real serious go of this. Three singles already on iTunes and Spotify in the last eight months. An EP on the way. This is not her first time being interviewed. She's got music videos on YouTube. And as you can imagine, she has committed to this full time. So Peyton, God bless you, my new 16-year-old friend. And it's great that you've gotten so serious at such a young age about this talent that you've been given. There's a blog about it on your website, but... Tell the listeners about the decision that you made, gosh, more than a year ago, as far as how you were going to continue your schooling so that you could get more serious about your music. Well, so last year, towards the end of the year, it was, I think, at Christmas time, um, coming back after Christmas, that we decided to 
homeschool the last half of the year and just see how it goes because I had already homeschooled before and it didn't work out so well because Hmm. I'm not good at math to start with and I need help in that department. So it's kind of hard to do it by yourself. And then after those, you know, last couple months of school doing it by myself, I decided that I was ready to do it again, but we got a new principal and she wasn't going to let me stay home and do my homework and schoolwork and all that. So we went back and she understood that I was going to have to be gone a lot. So she would just let me take my work with me and then do it while I was there and then turn it in when I got back. Um, so that was really, really helpful. And I just finished recording something special and I was up there for two weeks. Um, and now I'm home and going back to school full time. And when you say I was up there for a few weeks, you were where? Nashville. I was in Nashville. And we can get into it as the interview goes along, but was that your first time in Nashville or no? No, I've been going to Nashville for probably a year and a half, or no, two years now. Wow, wow, amazing, amazing. So you're hearing it, listeners, firsthand, right from Peyton. You can hear how serious she is about this. That I'm going to give you credit also, Peyton. You also were honest enough to say to yourself, okay, Maybe it's just math, but I'm not going to be able to do this whole thing from home after all. So I'm giving you credit that school is important to you, too. But I love that you're saying, oh, gosh, no, this wasn't my first time going to Nashville. I've been going there for a couple of years now. It's terrific. Yeah. Well, I've got to believe that it might be a little surreal for, say, your friends to know Peyton is a really good singer, as in to the point where she's got music on iTunes and Spotify, like that good of a singer. So I wonder, are they really quite in awe of all this that, that you're doing with music, your friends? And, and heck, for that matter, are you in awe? <laughs> well, so my friends at school, usually we don't really uh, talk about it because I just like to be another one of the kids and fit in and everything. And usually they tend to forget and stuff. But a couple of weeks ago, I sang in our school like chapel and everybody just kind of remembered and they were like, wow, you know, you forget that, you know, you're gone all the time, but we forget where you go and mm. what you're doing and all that. And um, usually they don't like they're not really in awe, I guess, because they know me so well. But the kids in the lower grades, like they they just think that I'm famous and it's really <laughs> cool because they're so sweet. That's but, awesome. Yeah. So do you have time amidst trying to make sure that you're keeping up with school and doing everything that you are doing with music, do you have time to just be a 16-year-old girl and do the things that 16-year-old girls do that don't require you to talk about your music? Yes, I've made plenty of time for that. I've made sure that I've had time for that because I want to, you know, be a kid as well as, you know, do my career and go to school and I ride horses and everything. So I've got time for my hobbies and stuff as well. And wouldn't it be fair to say anyways that some of those things that you're doing away from music might inspire your music and contribute song ideas for you? Yes, especially hanging out with friends because they'll tell me all kinds of stories about their newest crush or how they, you know, got their heart broken. And I'm like, you know what? I could write a song about that. And are they cool with the fact that things that they tell you might end up in a Peyton Gilliland song? Oh, yeah, for sure. I always disclose. I'm like, can I take notes? Like, you're, what you're telling me right now is so GC. Like, I might just have to use it for content. And they're like, yeah, sure. Wow, wow. But that that must make you a different 16-year-old friend to have because other friends would just listen to the story and react and then they move on, whereas you're sitting there listening out of one ear as a 16-year-old girl but out of the other ear as a songwriter. right. Yeah, I think they've gotten used to it, though. They don't like it doesn't bother them or not as far as I'm concerned. I definitely wouldn't do it if it did bother them. So sure, sure. Well, getting back to the music, let's have you first tell the listeners who has been producing you as well as I'm curious to hear how in the world you were fortunate enough to get him to work with you in the first place. Well, to be honest with you, um, I don't know. That was so lucky for me because I've been a fan of Cage the Elephant for, I mean, forever, as long as I can remember. Um, but we met through a mutual friend. I was telling him about how huge of a fan I was. And he was like, you know what? Actually, I know the guitarist from that band. 
and I think you two should work together. And he played him a couple of my songs, and he really liked them, and he decided that he wanted to produce my new EP. And so that was super, super exciting. And I've worked with um, Jason Lane in the past, and that's about it. Just Jason Lane, I think. Do you feel that it's been... I should I should ask you what percentage of it has been a learning experience for you because as much as he's there to be your producer I got to believe that for someone who's 16 that you're looking at it as wow this is a great chance for me to really learn a whole lot from him. Right. And I feel like um I'm never going to stop learning. I mean as long as the um music industry is evolving and changing and there's always more to be learned but um, yeah, I think a lot of it has been, um, you know, just learning and getting my feet under me and learning how the whole thing works, like from music videos, recording and, you know, missing school and all that stuff. It's It was a little bit to get used to in the beginning, but now I think I'm, you know, used to it, I guess. So he is he is who you go see when you go to Nashville. You're going there to, to record and work with him. Yes, Lincoln Parrish is um, who I've been recording with for the past two weeks. Okay, okay. And is he based there, or does he just say, I, I prefer to record in Nashville? He lives there, yeah. Okay, all right. Is there any opportunity when you do go there to perform in Nashville, or is it I only go there to record and that's it? Yes, I've uh, I've performed, I think, two or three times there, so not a whole lot, but... I do like to squeeze that in every now and then because it is fun. Yeah, and it's not too shabby to to put on your resume that at the age of 16 that you've already performed in Nashville. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So where are you on the calendar in terms of are you closer to 16 or, or will you be turning 17 soon? Well, I'm closer to 16. I'll be 17 in um, October on the 26th. I don't know why that was so hard to spit out. Like, I don't know my birthday. <laughs> okay, well, there's a, there's a very important date, listeners, for y'all to put on your calendar, October yes, 26th. Yes, remember it. <laughs> listeners, even if you get to record in a pro studio in, say, Nashville, for example, like Peyton just described, you can still do lots of recording on your own, whether it's song ideas, demos, or even recording your live shows There's a long, long line of recording solutions available from Tascam. They have been in business for more than 40 years, and some big, big names used and or are still using their equipment, whether it's a handheld recorder or all the way up to the new mixer, the Model 24 that came out as the calendar turned over to 2019. If you follow them on social media, you know that they're always winning awards or they're getting great reviews written about them, check out the long line of recording solutions at Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Peyton, there's another name that people should know that I teased back in the intro. Talk about who is going to be mixing your upcoming EP and let the listeners know who he has worked with. And again, same question, how you got the opportunity to have him work on your project. So the guy who's mixing it, his name is Brian Hewitt, and um, I met him through Lincoln. We've been working together for a while. I'm under that. Well, we've been talking about the guys that you're working with towards your new EP, but what details do you have on it as far as, say, how many songs there will be, when is it going to be released, and anything else that you can share with the listeners about it at this time? So it's going to be six songs, and it's going to be released hopefully in June. That's not nailed down quite yet. And it's going to be a little different, the songs on it, than most of the songs that I've released. Um, I'd like to say they are a little more organic rather than so pop. You know what I'm saying? Like just more um, real instruments instead of synthetic like beats and stuff. And... I'm super excited about it. Um, I've been really involved in the writing process of this. I mean, I have in the past ones, but I feel like I've just been more emotionally attached to the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. So I'm super excited for everyone to hear it. Now, you told me an interesting story. Explain to the listeners about how these songs were selected, because even though you're saying there's going to be six, you didn't just write six and that was it. 
Yeah, we wrote a lot. I think we ended up writing 23 or something wow. like that. And we sent them all into Lincoln and him and I just kind of picked our favorites and compared and contrasted them and um, just kind of sat down and were like, okay, these are the ones I like. If I had to pick six, that these would be my six. And he did the same thing. And then we would just kind of pick and choose from each other's list. And we are pretty happy with what we came out with. So. And you had, correct me if I'm using the wrong word, you had, was it a writer's weekend? Yes, had, I think it was three days, yeah. They came down to visit me all the way in Alabama from Nashville, all of them were from Nashville, and we wrote six songs in like two and a half days, I think, because wow. I was also going to school one of those days, And but yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we got a lot done. Wow. Wow. So the way I understood the story when you first told it to me the other day was that out of all these songs that had been accumulated, you made your list and then he made his list. And it turned out that you picked essentially the same six songs, right? Yes, we did. It was really cool, actually. And that has to give you some reassurance because as much as you might have been fangirling at first, now that you're starting to get used to working with him and you're saying, it's great, I love it, this is a big deal for me, I'm honored that he's working with me, still, five years from now, ten years from now, that EP is going to have the name of Peyton Gilliland on it. And as much as his name will be listed as the producer, you're the one that has to be happy. So it must have made you feel good that, okay, I've I've got some validation here that he's picking the same songs I am. I you know I I I must be doing something right as a sixteen year old. In other words, right? Yeah, um, I remember when we kind of had that meeting on what was going to go on there, and I was I was really surprised actually that we had the same songs picked out pretty much, and I was really excited about that. It really did reassure me and everything, and it made me realize that he was. I mean, he seemed excited and I was so excited. So it was really nice just to have that energy and, you know, have the same goal. Now, see, I'm envisioning that happening. I'm envisioning you sitting in a studio in Nashville with him. And I'm thinking to myself as you're talking, she has to grow up really fast. And you have to put aside that I can't fangirl right now. And I don't want to say you have to be the boss at that point, but you do have to very clearly convince him, don't think about the fact that I'm 16. I have my own original ideas. I have some thoughts on who I want to be as an artist, and I need to be heard on those. So just talk about going through that of being only 16, and here's someone that you've looked up to, and all of a sudden you need to be bold and stand up and say, listen, this is what my expectations are. Right. The first time I met him, I was really, really starstruck, I think. I I think I concealed it pretty well, but at the same time, I was kind of freaking out inside. And that was when we were just kind of talking about, we're going to start, you know, you're going to give me these songs in X amount of days. And it was a couple months out. So, um, and we were also talking about, you know, production and what do you want it to sound like? And so that was pretty easy because, you know, he you know, was listening to me and was telling me he wanted to hear like what I had to say. But I will say it was really easy working with him and having him listen to me as an artist and like putting aside the fact that I'm 16. But I have had some trouble in the past of like people are just like, oh, well, you're just a kid. You don't really understand what you need to be doing. And so, yeah, he's been really great to work with. But I have had a few in the past that have been a little difficult. But at the same time, I have to believe that you had your mom, your dad, both of them, a manager, some kind of somebody with you to make sure that this wasn't someone who was looking at you and saying what you just said, like, ah, eh, she's just 16. What does she know about the music business? She needs to just take direction from me and trust that I know what's best. Right. Yeah. We've had a couple of those. And usually when that happens, we either try to work around it. Usually we'll do that like to begin with. We'll say, OK, well this is what we want. Yeah, she's 16, but she knows what she wants. And if they are still hesitant or are they still like trying to do it their way, then we'll just, you know, find someone else. I mean, it sounds harsh, but sometimes you have to do it. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And then that artist producer relationship is so important. 
And at the end of the day, like I said, your name, his name is going to be on it too, but your name is going to be on the front and it's going to be bigger. <laughs> right. Is there a theme to the songs that will be on the EP, kind of a, a recurring message that flows throughout, or do you not want to give that away? Or maybe um, there isn't there's one. There's nothing like, I guess as far as like the music goes, it's a lot more... I would say it almost has that Cage the Elephant vibe to it to me. Like I just hear there's one song in particular and I won't say the name or anything, but it's definitely my favorite. And it just reminds me so much of Cage the Elephant and like all those bands that I've listened to like growing up. And it's just, it's a lot more organic and more, you know, real intra in, instruments than like what I've had before. So I guess that's really more the theme is like just organic sound and more live instruments and all that kind of stuff. And keeping in mind that we've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 144 countries around the world, there are people who are just being introduced to you for the first time. So if you, I like to ask this question every so often of a guest, if you were filling something out online about your music and there was a drop down box where you could only pick one what genre would you select to describe your music? Um, as far as what has been out in the past, I would probably say pop. Um, coming up, I'm not really sure yet because it would be, I don't know. I always find this question like pretty hard as far as like genre and all that goes, but everything in the past to answer your question, I would put pop, you know, big vocals and pop and all that. And what's coming up if it's not pop? Is it far off from that? Or is it, you know, no, maybe it's more like pop rock, but it's not like it's... it's... I would say it's like folk pop. Okay. So it's still got that like up tempo and everything. But like I keep saying, it has like the organic feel to it. Yeah. It's not rad. It's not a radical departure. Right. Right. It's not super, super out there. Well, it's not one of the two songs that we're playing on this episode, but your song Hopelessly was a finalist in the John Lennon International Songwriters Competition. Tell the listeners how old you were when you wrote that song, but then also, at the risk of stating the obvious, how much did that help your confidence in songwriting finishing as a finalist in that competition? So I was 14 when I wrote that song and it was actually, I wrote that song, I think it was my first or second trip to Nashville. And, um, it's honestly, I think it's my favorite still the ones that I have out so far. Um, just because I felt like so connected to that song when I put it out, I was fresh off a 14 year old heartbreak, you know, it was so real to me. And, um, like I remember the day that my mom told me that I had, or I was a finalist in the competition I was at school and she checked me out and I thought I was going to win like the biggest prize I thought I was going to get so much money I thought I was going to be rich because I was like 14 I think and I was so excited and it just really put in perspective or it put it into perspective like that people really you know were taking pause and actually listening to my music despite my age or despite however many followers I have on Instagram and stuff like that. They just really were hearing it for what it is. And that was really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not unlike I recently went to see a speaker and he was telling us his story is that he was born with no legs and only one arm. And so what you're saying there is similar to he joined the high school wrestling team and he won one match in his first year but it was by forfeit so the coach put him out there because the other opponent it was a forfeit and that way he got the win and he said that doesn't feel right I want to yeah. really beat an able-bodied person that has all their limbs and so he did and so he felt so much better that even though he only won two matches and he lost like 19 in your case here's a girl that was 14 at the time and what was the number of, of how many thousand entries there were? There were 19,000. So 19,000. And you know that the overwhelming majority of those were adults. So it's the same thing as him, where here you're able to say, I'm only 14, and yet I beat thousands and thousands of adults to finish in the top three. So 
that had to just really make you feel like, okay, I think I'm a pretty good songwriter, but now someone on the outside who is not my family is validating my writing. Yeah, that was really cool. It was really cool. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, on Instagram, be careful with putting the link is in my bio in the caption, the description for the different posts that you put up, meaning... If the link in your bio is going to change from time to time, that's no longer going to be relevant when someone comes across that post at a later time. As we all know, when you find someone you want to start following on Instagram, you usually go back and start looking at a number of their posts. Well, when they find one of yours that says, the link is in my bio. If the link in your bio is now no longer for what you were posting about then, it's going to frustrate them and could possibly be a missed opportunity, meaning an interview of yours or a video that they can no longer get to, for example. Think those posts through, and more importantly, consider just always having the link in your bio be to your own website. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. So right now, your voice is your instrument, but... You have your eye on playing the guitar, though, yes? Yes, I've been playing the ukulele for, I guess, a year and a half now. I'm not good at it by any means, but I do my best, and I can play a couple songs. Um, And I've had a goal of learning the guitar for a while. I even took lessons, you know, a while back, but I was having trouble, like, with rhythm and strumming and all that. So I was like, okay, let me take a break and try this ukulele because there's, it's so much easier to learn chords and all that. So now that I've got this strumming down on that, I'm going to try and switch it over to guitar and then get better. So it sounds like you're saying that the ukulele playing that you've been doing, though, has been self-taught. You're not taking ukulele lessons. Right. Is it YouTube videos or how exactly are you teaching yourself? Um, I actually had a... a a class in school last year that was like a music class and he taught us just the basic chords and then I knew the basic chords so I would go ahead and look up you know songs that I knew with those chords in them and then I would learn to play them and then watch YouTube videos on how to learn new chords and all that stuff. Okay well this is reminding me of three weeks ago in episode 272 when the guest was singer-songwriter Whitney Doucette and she doesn't play an instrument either. And so I'll ask you the same question, which is when it comes to actually writing the melody, it doesn't sound to me like you're going to tell me I sit down at the piano and I knock out a few notes and, you know, or right. I play it. so explain, explain to myself and to the listeners how you're writing melodies without an instrument there to write them with. So usually when I write, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I'm in the shower and something comes to my mind. Sometimes I'm listening to music and I'll be like, okay, that's a good lyric idea. Now how do I want to sing it? And then I'll just start humming stuff or like, you know, just whatever. Usually I'm humming or, you know, just singing random melodies that I come up with. And if it sticks, if it's, then it sticks. And if it doesn't, then I'll take the lyric idea to one of my co-writers and be like, Hey, can you help me with this? Now, see, that's interesting because she gave an answer similar to yours in that she was saying that a lot of times she's listening to the radio and she hears a song that gives her an idea. And I told her, and I'm saying this to you, Peyton, in the form of a question, I was surprised to hear her say that because I have met songwriters before who have said, don't put any music on. I don't want to be influenced by something that I'm hearing. I want to come up with something just kind of organically, let it just come to me on its own. 
So obviously you're able to hear something and turn it into something else without someone saying, wait a minute, that sounds like X. Right. Usually I'm not like listening to music. What I meant is like, I'll be in the shower. Like usually I'll have music on when I'm in the shower and sometimes it'll be like, okay, I'm listening to this sad song. That makes me remember this time when I was sad. Mm. That's how I come up with the lyric idea usually. And then the melody is just, you know, free form, just whatever comes to mind. Okay. And yeah, like when I start thinking about lyrics, I'll turn the music off. Just so like you said, it doesn't, it's not influenced by anyone else and it's, you know, organic. Gotcha. Okay. Well, all that being said, though, does it kind of inspire you to learn the ukulele faster to get yourself towards guitar lessons faster so that you can write on an instrument? Yes, that and I'd love to be able to play, you know, locally and not have to have somebody come play with me. I would love to just be like, yeah, I want to play in two days and not have to have somebody lined up to go with me um, so that I could just play on my own. Because I think that is the coolest thing when somebody just shows up with their guitar and starts singing. Like, I just envy that so much. So I'm working towards it. Yeah, I think, shame on me, I didn't go back and do the research properly, but I was glancing the other day and I think on your Instagram I did see a picture or two of you outperforming somewhere and I was trying to pinch to zoom, as they say, to look on the picture and see is she playing an instrument or not. So obviously you must have had someone there with you accompanying right. you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Listeners, I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Northern Alabama by singer, songwriter Peyton Gilliland. Visit her official website at PeytonGillilandMusic.com. Of course, we will have a link to it from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Do also engage with her on social media. Peyton is on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Keep up with her online as she progresses towards the release of her EP that you've been hearing her talk about. Plus, do purchase the music that she already has out. Streaming it on Spotify is one thing, but buying downloads from iTunes will actually put some money in her pocket. So please support her that way. Here is some news of my own. Speaking of something new in June, if you have or if someone you know has ever considered starting a podcast of your own, I am going to be putting on an eight-day challenge online next month. Every day for eight days, I will be teaching you online everything you need to know to podcast. As you know, I've been doing this show every week for more than five years, and I speak at events around the country in the podcasting industry. Now I'm going to tell you how to get your show created, recorded, and launched. And we're toying with a price of just 18 bucks total to take the challenge. Not $18 a day, mind you, just $18 total. The exact dates in June have not been finalized yet, so watch for social media posts about it. And if you're not signed up for the weekly e-newsletter, go to nhte.net and sign up for the newsletter because the info will be posted in there too once we have the dates as well as a link for where you can register. Peyton, in mentioning your website there and your social media, I mentioned YouTube And earlier in the show, when I got up on my soapbox and I said, no, this 16-year-old is different. She's got singles on iTunes and Spotify already. I also mentioned, and she has music videos on YouTube. So, yes, you have some videos on there of you doing cover songs. But, wow, you've got some really nicely done official music videos for your original songs. Give us sort of a behind the scenes. What can you tell us about the making of your music videos? So I will say all those cover videos and hopelessly were filmed all in the same day. That was my first ever video shoot. And um, they were really high quality because we had a guy who was going to do, you know, that work with the really nice camera that he'd just gotten for a discounted price because he'd never used it before. So he's kind of getting used to using it. Okay. And so he gave us a nice discount for that. And um, I was there for, I think, eight hours, which looking back on that now was such a short time to have filmed that many videos. And I thought that I was going to be there forever. But like now it takes, I mean, probably four to six hours to film uh, the ones that I have filmed. So, yeah, but 
filming, I will say, is not my favorite thing to do. I love photo shoots, but I'm a terrible actor and I cannot dance. So the video shoots are not my thing, but I I can do it. I can do it. Okay, so I do have some follow-up questions, though. So when you were talking about the guy who did a whole bunch of them in an eight-hour day, was that somewhat local or did you have to travel somewhere for that? That was also in Nashville. Oh, that was Nashville, too. Okay, so the ones that are not the cover songs, the ones for your original songs, the official videos, were those filmed in Nashville as well? Uh, Yes, all of mine, except for I think one of my covers has been filmed in Nashville. Same guy as as who had done all the cover songs? Um, No, the guy who had done the cover songs, um, I can't even remember his name because that was a long time ago. That's okay. But his rates went up after... um, you know, he learned how to use the equipment and I think he's doing more like TV, that kind of stuff now, like commercials and all Mm -hmm. that. So once you release this EP, does it mean that there will be one or more new videos on the way then that you'll have to make? Yes. But it sounds to me, would, would you agree that even though you just finished telling us you'd rather do a photo shoot any day of the week and, and videos, not so much, is it sort of a necessary evil that as much as you may not want to do them, you kind of have to nowadays? Yes. Everybody loves to be, you know, visually entertained. And especially I always listen to music on the radio and I'm like, I wonder what the music video looks like. So I know people do that, you know, when they listen to my music. So you kind of have to have something there for them to go and watch. So do you feel that you're already thinking that way too, knowing what the six songs are going to be? Gee, which one will I do a video for? What will that look like? Yes, and I'm actually already coming up with concepts and stuff, which I've never done before. Um, I feel like I'm really kind of growing into the role of being an artist and trying to make everything as personable as I can. So I'm really thinking about, you know, what I want to be wearing, what I want the, you know, theme of the video to be and all that kind of stuff. So that's um, a growing moment for me as an artist. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's that's terrific. And I must say that those videos, they look like you wanted to be doing them if that if that means anything to you you know i know that obviously and and listeners i apologize i don't think in 275 episodes that we've ever really talked with a guest about the actual making of they're playing peyton i'm putting this to you as a question they're playing your song in the background and you're standing there and are you singing it out loud or are you just lip syncing um, I sing it out loud just to make it look more natural and real and all that because I'm personally not a good lip singer and mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone really is, but um, yeah, I do sing them out loud. But obviously the finished video gets your actual track laid over it, not what you're singing right. there that yeah. day on the on the video shoot. Yes, that's correct. Well, how difficult is it, though, to stand there and sing along with yourself? Because what I've heard from a lot of artists is if a song has been out for a while, they'll say, oh, I don't listen to my own recorded version. I sing it a little bit differently nowadays. And all of a sudden, you're in a warehouse or on set somewhere, and they're playing your song, and you do have to sing to it as closely as you can so that if the camera is close enough that they can see your lips, it does look like you're singing the same as when it was recorded way back when. Right, right, right. Is that tough? Yeah. Usually what I do is like, yeah, I do tend to, you know, switch it up between when I've recorded it and when I'm doing the video. So I'll just have to go through it several, several times just to Mm. make sure I've got it correct. And okay. Obviously, I'll mess up a couple times, and we just have to go back and do it again. Okay. But yeah, it's not it's not that big of a deal for me. I just keep on and keep on. Well, and you're even painting a picture for me of you know that it's going to be coming up, so you could even quote unquote rehearse in the days leading up to it. True, that so, is very true. Yeah, sing along with it on your own time. Okay. Yes. Well, Peyton, yours is a unique story in that typically we hear about someone like you having had one or both parents be quite musically inclined. And yet that's not the case with your folks. So how did this all start for you then? So um, I think one day I was like singing in the shower and my mom was like, hey, that's actually pretty good. And then one of our friends from um, church who sang in the choir was she's amazing. I still great friends with her and she actually did background vocals for one of my songs she asked her to start giving me lessons and all that so then it just kind of snowballed from there 
started singing with her, started singing at school and, you know, kind of all over the place. And then we decided to get a vocal coach in Nashville. And then that's when I started going up there. Uh, okay. Okay. Because I was saving, I'm really amazed at myself. I'm really not that good at doing this, but I was saving this question in the back of my head from earlier on when you were talking about going to Nashville to write. And I thought later on in the interview, when I asked her how all this got started, I got to find out at what point do you say, you know what, my writing is to the point where I want to go write with people in Nashville, but it sounds like it was a byproduct of going to see a vocal coach in Nashville. Right. Yeah. Everything kind of started when I started to go up there and, you know, go with her because up until that point, it was just kind of practicing so I could sing places and um, making sure that my performance was good and all of that. But then I kind of realized that there's another side to being an artist where you can actually, you know, make your own art and uh, record it and show it to other people, which that had never even crossed my mind before until she was like, hey, you should write a song. Hey, you should record a song. You uh, should put it out. Now let's do a music video and all that. So okay. that was definitely I never even thought about that until we went up there. OK, OK. Well, I apologize in advance. I'm going to ask you a question. That I'm sure you've been asked about 136 times. But because I have had so many guests on the show over the five plus years of NHTE who have been on American Idol, who have been on The Voice, who have been on America's Got Talent, who have been on The X Factor. Are you looking at doing any of those shows? Well, I was actually invited to um, audition for America's Got Talent. I think it was last year. So I went in as a Q act and uh, I got to audition for Peter Cohen, who is the one who invited me. And um, he said that I was one of the finalists for being picked for um, the TV auditions, but they decided to not do as many vocalists this year since um, there's so many vocalist TV shows and all that. And they went with mostly like acts and stuff. So they didn't pick me. But I'm honestly kind of glad that they didn't because I'd rather go the organic route. I mean, I've used that word so much in this interview. You can tell how much (laughs) just organic things mean to me. And so, yeah, we're just kind of trying to build it from the ground up and do it on our own. Very good. Very good. Listeners, if you follow the Instagram account for this show at Now Hear This Entertainment, Then you saw approximately 10 days ago, I posted a picture from having been playing the night before. I'm referring to my Boulder Creek guitar that you always hear me talk about. And shame on me that I don't post more pictures of it. A lot of people were asking me about and complimenting me on the guitar that night. It's no surprise since, never mind Bruce Wozniak, (laughs) there are some really big names out there playing instruments from Boulder Creek. Sarah McLaughlin plays a ukulele from Boulder Creek. Country star Lee Bryce plays a Boulder Creek guitar, as does Larry Gatlin and lots of others. They look cool, but of course, it's all about their great sound, which is due in large part to the way that they're built, which involves the suspended bracing system. Check out bouldercreekguitars.com to learn more. And as I've mentioned before, if you're serious enough to want to have them custom build an instrument for you, get in touch with me and I will connect you personally with their CEO, Jeff Stramitz, who, by the way, was on episode 241 of this show. Listeners, as you can tell, Peyton would probably sit here and talk about music all day. However, there's something else near and dear to her heart that I think you could talk about just as much, Peyton, right? That would be horses. Yes, of course. (laughs) Tell the listeners the extent of your horse I don't want to call it love. I know there's a better word out there. Help me out as a songwriter. Addiction, with a, for sure. There you go. <laughs> so um, I started writing. I always like to say I started writing before I was even born because my mom actually did a um, a competition while she was pregnant with me. So wow. it, I guess it's just, you know, in my blood. And I've loved horses for as long as I can remember. And that is my favorite thing to do other than music, of course. And I, you know, it's one of my passions and I love horses so much. It's very therapeutic. So is music, though. It's it's really, really, really good. All right. Well, shame on me. I don't know anything about horses. So please go easy on me, Peyton, if I say something silly here. Um, The closest I come is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Horse Radio Network. Um, That is hosted by Glenn the Geek. 
He's in Ocala, Florida, good friend of mine, and he has probably about 16 different shows on the Horse Radio Network. But even still, I'm going to ask you, do you have a horse of your own? Do you have more than one horse of your own? Are they out there on the property? Do you ride them once a day, once a week? What, what does all that look like? Yes, I think we have 10 on the property as of right now, but we have two mares that are being bred and we have two shell and ponies on the way that have been given to us for free because someone's moving. And I haven't been riding as much since I've been gone and gotten home from school or from Nashville and been trying to catch up with school. But I only have eight days of school left, so once it gets to summertime, I'm going to have some time off music between I have, you know, going back up there. And so I'm going to really use that time and ride, hopefully ride every day. Um, Not the same horse, obviously, but um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to ride a lot recently, which is really sad, but I've been doing other things. So, you know, trying to make a career for myself that way I can do it in coming years, whenever I move out of the house and all that. But you see, you just said not the same horse every day. And I was going to ask you, is there one out there that if someone was showing someone else around, they would point to the horse and say, well, that one's Peyton's. Right. Yeah. He's, um, my horse, his name is Lewis. He's off right now because he, um, just had surgeries, but, um, he's recovering really, really fast. And so I'm leasing someone else's horse right now. And her name's Stormy. And I've been riding her until he's better. And then, you know, I have a couple of other horses that I can ride when I'm not riding Stormy or Lewis. All right. Very good. Well, this has been great. Peyton, we're going to close today with another song of yours, one called Magnetic. Before we let you go, though, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Okay. So Magnetic is about that, you know, the bad boy that you really, really know you shouldn't like him. But he knows that as well. He knows you shouldn't like him either because he's the bad guy. But he just pulls you in and pulls you in, and you really just can't resist. So you just fall anyway. And listeners, you've heard one song at the beginning. We talked about another one that she won the songwriting competition for. You're going to hear this one in its entirety in just a minute. But Peyton, first, I just want to thank you so much and wish you all the best. Congratulations on everything you've done so far and can't wait to see what else is coming down the road from you. Well, thank you so much for having me. An absolute pleasure. God bless you. God bless you too. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, Peyton Gilliland. Do visit her official website. It's PeytonGillilandMusic.com. As I said earlier, we will have a link to her site from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then engage with her on social media. That means like her Facebook page, follow her on Instagram and Twitter, subscribe to Peyton's YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell you you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. And again, keep up with Peyton online so you can see all the updates that she posts about the new EP that you heard her talking about coming soon. Until then, you can help her out by purchasing downloads of her three singles on iTunes. As much as I know you want to just stream her music on Spotify, it's only 99 cents per song to buy her music instead, and it will go towards helping her with all that she's doing to grow her music career. And a reminder, as I said earlier... If you have or if someone you know has ever considered starting a podcast of your own, I am going to be putting on an eight-day challenge next month, meaning in June. Every day for eight days, I will be teaching you online everything you need to know to podcast. I've been doing this show every week for more than five years. I speak at events around the country and the podcasting industry. So now I'm going to tell you how to get your show created, recorded, and launched More than likely, it'll just be 18 bucks total to take the challenge. Not $18 a day, just $18 total. The exact dates in June have not been finalized yet, so watch for social media posts about it. And if you're not signed up for the weekly e-newsletter, go to nhte.net and sign up for the newsletter because the info will be published in there also once we have dates as well as a link for where you can register. Thanks ever so much for listening to episode 275 of NHTE. 
We'll send you out with another song from Peyton Gilliland. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Magnetic. He's poetry in motion. 